Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? My Spurs just lost their 15th game in a row. They have not won a game since November 2nd. How are you? I did not realize it was that bad for the Spurs. Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie, you're on the air. Sorry, that was like a weird Larry King. I just had a train of thought. How are you? Walla Walla, Washington, we're live. Uh, my uh, my Mavericks are up big over the Jazz. Big deal. 41 points in the fourth. We're tanking for the number one draft pick. Didn't you already get him? Yeah, but that's you think for next need year. Another one. <laughs> Just need another one. Another he one. didn't play tonight, I don't think, by the way. Oh, that's not that lot. that would have. Anywho. Yeah. Well, I mean, Doncic took a took a night off to go be with his um his lady friend, give him birth. And then he bounced right back in the line the next day. I was like, that's dedication, man, man. It is. It's something. Or yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's dedication to something. Dedication to something. Um, dedication to getting the full night's sleep. Get me out of there. Where uh, am I got? Where am I, I going again? I got a, I got a basketball Utah? game. Utah? Yes. Back to. Goodbye. <laughs> take, take me to Utah. Speaking of not knowing where you're going, portal season, full effect. Wild, Michael. Portal opened up on Monday. We'll, we'll talk about that, but um, Texas Tech may not have an offensive line or a wide receiver room at the end of the week. Or a punter. Or somebody to punt the ball, which is okay. You know why? Because punts suck. And we go for every fourth down anyways. So maybe, maybe Brooke was like, hey man, I'll never actually punt at Texas Tech. So I'm just going to go ahead and bounce. Brooke saw the, he saw the writing on the wall and just... Wanted to take his talents elsewhere. Yeah, why don't you go play for a, a team that punts a bunch, like a yeah Baylor or somebody? Iowa. Oh my gosh, Iowa! Ten and two, Iowa. Anyway, well, ten and three now, right? Man, who's counting the? Who's counting the conference? Was that the games? the score of their last game, or is that their record? It's hard for me to tell. You know, it's probably the same. So who had to, I'm going to look up who had the most punts. Go ahead. Keep going. Football. We're going to talk about football. Texas Tech heading to the Independence Bowl. We'll talk about that. Then we'll get to the preview of that game next week because the game is 
next week. Good gravy. This is such a... Nope, nope. We'll get to that in a little bit. Football to talk about. Look into the transfer portal. Look what the roster may look like. Um, yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> I was right. Iowa. Tory Taylor. Number one in the country with most punts attempted with 86. Good gravy. 86 punts. He has 4,000 punt yards. So not only is does he have 86 punts, but he's really stinking good at it. He was averaging. You would hope so. Uh, let, me, let me go back to here. Uh, hang on a second. 13 games, 86 punts, 47.9 yards per punt. Jeez. That's third in the country. That's how you do it. That's how you do it, folks. So uh, let me see. I, I think he's a senior. I don't know. Stars are aligned. Might, might, might see Brooke line up in the, uh, you know, get up in the old Ihawks. Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, Lord. We'll talk about the rest of the Big okay. 12 Bowl games. Lots of punts. If you care about that, punt suck. We'll talk about the championship game. Um, snooze fest. And then basketball. Got lots of basketball. Um, last weekend, this week, there was a game tonight. We'll talk about Texas Tech taking down Omaha by, well, basically 30 points. But Omaha went on a 9-0 run to end the game. So you could have beaten them by 40 points, essentially. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slack and count it. Because uh, you would put in... Uh, Yalahu and Francis and other guys. I don't even know their names. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into football first, Michael. And as, as we have in the past few weeks, we're going to, we're going to start with the uh, actual football. Texas Tech soccer coaching staff named the United Soccer Association's Midwest coaching staff of the year. So congratulations to Tom Stone and his group. This honor and recognition allows them to move on for consideration for national national coaching staff of the year. I don't know how many regions there are with United soccer associations, coaching staffs of the year staves. That's music staffs, but uh, anyways, Tom stone and his bunch best in the Midwest. Are we now going to spend the rest of the podcast debating how Lubbock is considered Midwest? No. Okay. The thing with, with like Texas teams, especially like <laughs> if you look across the professional divisions, and I know that that doesn't really count for much. They're literally in like every different division, directional division, except for North. Texas. It's like a whole nother country. It is. Um, you want to talk about coaches first or players in terms of portaling and moving on? Let's let's do coaches because I have not well kept track of that very closely. So not like official Texas Tech coaches moving on, but you had two coaches on your staff interviewing and were finalists or semi-finalists for a head coaching position here in the state, uh, Kenny Perry and... Zach Kitley both interviewed for the UTEP opening uh, that ultimately went to the guy from 
out east somewhere, blanking on him. I don't know. Either way. Uh, so you don't, you don't have a guy just yet leaving your staff. Um, other similar type of openings may come up uh, for them to interview and to throw their hat in the ring in. Uh, wish them the best of luck if that's something they pursue. Um, I know is our, UTEP is UTEP a Midwest school? They are. They're they're a Mexican school. Okay, from Mexico. That's Midwestern Mexico. Northern Mexico. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how how UTEP would fit into the Midwest at all. But they're barely Texas. They're more New Mexico than anything. They're almost their own thing too. Like Texas is their own thing, and then El Pas El Paso is El Paso their own thing. Yeah. Um. Our good friend Dan, probably ecstatic or maybe heartbroken that Willie Fritz is leaving Tulane. Um, yeah. Taking over Houston. What, what, what are your thoughts there, Michael? Is, is that something like that's weird or like, actually that, that, that could be a sneaky good hire. Like, is that, is that going to be, is he going to cause problems for the big 12? I think it's a, I think it's a decent hire. And aside from paycheck, I'm, I'm really kind of baffled as to why that, Yes, conference, power five, all that kind of junk. But man, it's still very, very close to a lateral move to me, considering how successful he has been in Tulane the last, well, especially the last two seasons. But I guess, I mean, really, he's, he's ramped up the last three or four. But I I do think he will have some success. I mean, I kind of think that... uh you know, them and A&M made good hires. Yeah. I don't. Not that A&M, A&M's hire will affect Texas Tech directly, really, but Houston's can. Yeah. But he's he's built a, a heck of an offense there, and apparently he can recruit well. He's got some really good players to, to go to Tulane, and hopefully he can recruit to Houston. I imagine he's familiar with recruiting in Houston. I'm sure that's was one of their big targets. Yeah. And East Texas for sure. Mhm. The Midwest. The whole entire state of Louisiana. Yeah. Um anybody else you were surprised by or found interesting? I guess the whole Colin Klein uh, situation going to be the offensive coordinator at A&M. I think that was about half of my Twitter feed today. A lot of, a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth from our brethren up North and in the true Midwest. Yeah. So does that mean, uh, is, is Will Howard going to be a, a naggy? <laughs> I don't know. He's in the portal. Or is Avery Johnson he, going to be in the portal now? Cause well, that would really, that, that would, would really, really uh, suck for them. But like, let's, let's, let's not, let's not open let's that. Not our that, open that. Yeah. Let's not wish that too much on the K state brethren. They have had a rough week. And if the guy that they just were, cause when Will Howard announced it, I saw so many of the same. Oh, if anyone following the program is not surprised by this besides Avery Johnson's, you know, he's, he's our guy. 
Oh gosh. Oh no. That would be, that would be really bad for them. Be awful. It should happen. Hate to see it because they, they have beaten us like 11 out of 13 times. I I think it's time for something to happen in in tech's favor. All right. Speaking of it's time, let's talk about the tech tech departures. Uh, Those that have officially hit the portal. uh, We had, known that Tyler Shuck was going to announce and, and uh, enter and when it became open, he did, uh, has since committed and will be headed to Louisville. Uh, go Cardinals. Go Cardinals. I don't hate that move. I don't hate it for no. him. Good luck. Uh, I like a lot better than going to UCF only because I wouldn't have to play him or see him again. Um, but I thought he could have been successful at UCF. Sure. Um, not that it makes any difference whatsoever to me because they're in the SEC, but did you catch all the guys, not all the guys, did you catch the guys from, from OU heading out? Probably headed to follow Jeff Levy. I saw some smoke of that. Dylan Gabriel. Yes. Yeah, he went from UCF to OU. Now is head to the, head to the <clears throat> excuse me, head to the SEC. I had, had another word stuck in my mouth. I couldn't get I couldn't get past it. Where's Levy at? Uh, Mississippi State. Oh, he's their new hire. That's yeah. right. Okay. So their current quarterback hit the portal, uh, and they'll probably just be swapping out, taking on Gabriel. Um, you see all the other quarterbacks that hit the portal, like um, the guy from Washington State, Cameron Ward. Uh, Gabriel, um, obviously Shuck and, and Will Howard. Uh, you, you got a comment from Matt Rule saying, yeah, basically going to cost you one and a half, two million dollars to land a decent qu- quarterback these days. I was like, that's a lot of freaking money. I, I, I just, like you would assume they're going to, they're going to command some of the larger NIL deals out there. But, but then to think of like to be competitive and this is Nebraska, right? They're not like, some huge budget school. I mean, I'm sure they are, excuse me, but I was about to say, they're, they're, they're not, they're not like in the headlines of like making these kind of deals out there saying like, if you want, if you want one, it'll cost you one and a half million dollars. Like, golly, that's a lot for programs like tech to have to figure out what to do with. If you're going to go after, you know, a, a portal quarterback. I just think it's a great plan, by the way, to force the consumer to pay for the players they want on their team and, and guilt them into it. It's just solid plan. Hey, you guys wanted this, right? Like you wanted you wanted players to get paid? Great. You pay them. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I, I just love it. All these NIL love... collectives from the school. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Financed by donors like you and me. Yeah. No one's going to take a lesser salary. Uh, the TV money's not going to go for towards it or anything. Nope. It's all coming from us. Two people who have a podcast. Okay. So <laughs> speaking of uh, taking a it lesser salary. It starts with us. <laughs> did you hear uh, Harbaugh's comment about like he would be open to taking a lesser salary if it meant the players would get paid? Again, no, like didn't. That's just, that's lip service, man. Like, the, the oh, it's all lip service. The the account that is paying your salary can in no way be tied to accounts paying for NIL deals for players. Yeah. Like those two things will never cross. 
The only thing it would cross was if you wanted your assistant coaches to make more money. That's it. If you're yes. taking a pay cut, it'd be for, for your, your coaching staff. I just thought it was it'd be like, stupid. That I, I'm, would, I would be willing to take a pay cut too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, if, the, I'm if the players will get more money, it's the same thing. Because my money comes from no way the same pool that the Matador Club comes from or, or whatever. Unless your your firm is a huge uh, benefactor into the, the Matador Club. Who knows? I'm working on it. I'm trying. Got as a meeting as, tomorrow. We'll see what I can come up with. As long as you're not sacrificing your own salary, though. Right? No. All right. Other <laughs> guys. <laughs> other tech guys in the portal. I mentioned in the open that we went to have an offensive line. You've got four offensive linemen in the portal as of this afternoon. It may be it may be more. But what we have, uh Landon Peterson, Seth Martin, Matt Keeler, none of those are really surprises. And then you get Monroe Mills. And you're just like, what's going on there? Like you understand like the backups want to get an opportunity somewhere else. But then you get your starting left tackle. Um I don't have like the grade on him. Um Felt like he did a much better job this year than he did last year. Um, but also, like, wasn't a guy that you were like, holy crap, like, Monroe Mills is on our team. Like, we're, we've got this. So maybe he's just trying to figure out what uh, what, what his, his value is out there on, on the free market, right? Which is, you know, all power to you, man. Um, but that was a little bit of a surprise. And then wide receivers. Michael, you may have a, a wide receiver room after this week you have to completely re restock everybody. Um, and when you look at the, at the, the scholarship numbers and our, our, our good friends over at the gambling gauchos have, have done that breakdown. Defense actually uh, dominates the number of scholarships on this team. I think it was like 50 to 34, but so far you've only had one defensive scholarship at the portal. Whereas you've had one, two, it's five, seven, nine, eleven offensive players at the portal. You're just like, can we can we sustain this? Well, and you mentioned something that reminded me. It, sorry, it's kind of a change of subject, but the Washington State quarterback going into the portal. Did you see that Texas Tech's schedule juggling next year may lead to a replacement of the Oregon game? with heading up to Pullman to play Washington state. I had heard this, but I hadn't, I hadn't heard a lot about it. No, but that's, that's kind of the plan. I seems like right now that's what they're exploring. I can't believe it's just, I can, but it's, it's so crazy that next year's schedule is just completely pretty much blanked aside from the conference games that we know we have to throw in somewhere. Did, did Can you expound on that? Is there a reason why that, that's all getting thrown out? Well, because of Oregon's new, I mean, everybody joining a, joining a new conference, I think is throwing mm-hmm. a wrench into everything. So I think Oregon was having trouble finalizing their schedule with the Big Ten and everything with involved with that. I think there was a, what was the other game tech was trying to, get into or out of i can't remember but i know that that's a big part of it you know everybody's getting acclimated to their new homes 
So it's just kind of strange. Sorry, I was looking at something. And I was looking at the um, bowl gifts post from the athletic department today. Apparently some of them, or maybe all of them are getting those little 17 inch uh, Blackstones. Oh, nice. Um, anyways. Yeah. So uh, we had concerns about the wide receivers um, during the season. Uh, and the guys that are hitting the portal, I think the only surprise maybe are guys that you would really like, I don't know. I, I, I don't put, put words in your mouth, but like Miles Price hitting what, what, what was kind of a surprise. Uh, and then guys that were in the wings waiting, um, you thought would have a great shot at, at, at stepping in, but maybe they had their opportunity and got passed up and like Nehemiah Martinez, Tyler King, JJ Sparkman, Lola Clungy. Um, I don't know. I, I have a, I have a hard time being optimistic about the wide receivers moving forward. Cause you're, you've got Koi Aiken. Um, you've got Dre McRae, Jordan Brown, you've got Hudson, uh, coming in. You've got some guys that are on, on campus now that you're redshirting from this, this past recruiting cycle, but Xavier white. Uh, isn't he still, of still here? I mean, like he, he'll be able to play in, in the bowl game, but oh, he'll be able to play in the bowl game. You're right. You're right. But That's like, I, I, I was thinking in terms of next season, like your, your, your production out there, um, next year is going to look completely different outside of Eakin, Aiken. I think I, I know how to say his name is Aiken. Um, and then other, you know, other guys around it, you're like just new names, right? It's not like all that, I don't know. I, I just wasn't I, expecting this many wide receivers at the portal. That's all. Yeah. I don't have a positive spin for that either. That just seems like a problem to have almost your entire position group leave. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I, there's no positive spin from me. I, it, that's it. It seems, it seems bad. This seems bad guys. And they were all contributors. At one point, and, yeah. If not this year, last year, you know, TK didn't get out there very much, but a lot of high hopes for Sparkman, but he he never really got on the field this year. Martinez had a great year last year. Uh, Bradley was Tech's leading receiver in yards, I think, but still generally felt like he underperformed. Price was the leading receiver in receptions. Uh Fungi wasn't on the field as much this year as he was last year. So it's, these are all guys with experience that have played for quite a bit of football for Texas tech. And it's a lot to replace. Yeah. Uh, But you know, if you hear everything, everything you hear points to, well, if McGuire wanted to keep him, he would have figured out a way to keep him. So he's okay with leave it, letting him go. Every every other coach is saying that too. Every other fan base is saying that too. No one is going. Uh, anyway, I just I just always take these with a grain of salt. Like there's not everyone that enters the portal needed to go. <laughs> that's that's 
we're not better for everyone that's entered the portal. Although some people will have you believing otherwise. We're good. They sucked. They sucked anyway. Yeah. Better off without them. Well, who's going to replace them? I don't know. But we've got six receivers in the portal and one about to graduate. And we're losing the tight end. That's going to graduate. It's fine. Two of them. Yeah, actually, I think, is it Teeter and Cup? Yeah. Yeah. Tharp will still be around, thankfully. Maybe this is going to force, absolutely force this offense to throw more than one pass per game to our gigantic receiver with excellent hands. You would hope so. I mean, I, I hate that, like, you only get there because of, you know, the lack of depth or lack of bodies around them. But then the lone defender in the portal defensive back, Nate Floyd, wish him the best. Um, Again, I would assume more guys from the defensive side will, will, you'd hear about that. But honestly, it felt like that side of the ball was, had, had a more healthy relationship or environment. Like you weren't ever, screaming at your TV that your defense was just inexplicably bad. Like, or you yes, weren't, they, they, they were bad plays. They were blown bad coverages. Plays. Sure. They were missed tackles. Um, that's football. You could point to points in the Texas game where there was little effort, whatever like that, that when you're down by 50 points, it happens. Um, or you miss a tackle, you take a bad angle, you take a bad step. Some of that you, you you chalk up to the other team having a better athlete than you did, or they made a better move, or they made a better read. It happens. But to be like this, this transfer heavy on one side of the ball would go to show like maybe the defensive side of the room has uh, got a bit better environment going on in the, in the Texas Tech football training facility. Anyways, um, some positives you got you you named you nabbed a couple of junior college commitments uh, this past week or so. Uh, I, I guess not week. Uh, defensive tackle Danny Saili from Hutch Community College, six two three fifty five defensive tackle, and then tight end Alex Line, six five two fifty five from Garden City. So you like those Kansas community colleges up there? They seem to have pretty good rosters. You had a bunch of guys in this past weekend uh, that were hitting the portal or we're going to hit the portal or whatever. Uh, I'm not sure how all that works out or maybe they were all uh, junior college guys, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be flying because signing day is next week. I believe or the week after oh, early signing period starts the week after. Uh, so your recruiting class is going to have to be wrapped up. You've got a game you got to get ready for, you know, in the middle of all that, um, you're going to have guys coming in from mid season uh, from your high school class, um, which I guess where, where we're going to go next, right? Michael, cause your, your, your bowl game, you got selected to the radiance technologies independence bowl on the first freaking day of bowl games, Saturday, the 16th. They, they only, the first games are always the best ones. That's what those they are say. always. Those are the coveted bowls. So we did it, everyone. We made it. Um, 
and and not that not that it would have cost or gained your 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 incoming guys a whole lot but like it's so early like even your your newcomers won't be able to join the team uh and go through practices or at least get around the right. team yeah. uh, you're not expecting Micah Hudson and I'm 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 sorry like I I I I gotta I gotta warn people if you're expecting Micah Hudson to be like a thousand or twelve hundred yard receiver with fifteen touchdowns next year, you're like you're probably setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment. Um, he's not gonna come in and be a savior to the offense, especially if it's run the way you saw it run this year. One guy's not gonna change that. A couple of practices uh, directly following his high school graduation, going into the bowl game, was not gonna change that either like he, he's still going to have all of spring ball uh to come in uh learn the offense to figure out his role and how to contribute but it's it's also really unfortunate like you you miss out on that that extra that opportunity uh to have these guys be around your your team because your bowl game is so freaking early um and that's what i hate about like i i, I love the matchup i don't hate the bowl game itself um you get a power five opponent. Uh, you get it near your your alumni base, close enough where they can travel. Um, but it's like, could we, could we have like, could we have scheduled this on the twenty third? <laughs> There's too many on the twenty third, apparently. But, yeah. So next Saturday, the sixteenth, you'll be in a bowl game. Texas Tech will be in a bowl game. Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Uh, take on the Cal Bears. We'll get into that full game preview next week, but they also were six and six. They were four and five in Pac-12 play. They won game 12 on their schedule to make it to bowl eligibility, beating UCLA 33 to seven. On the season, they did lose to Washington, Oregon State, Utah, and Oregon. Um, so basically everybody that you would have expected them to lose to, all, all like the decent teams in the Pac-12. And they lost by a wide margin. Michael found the average score here, 52 to 26. They got Mm. doubled up in in their conference losses. But. Well, in in those four. Yeah. Then they lost to uh, USC by just one. Yeah, it's 49 to 50. So a, a a close nail biter there. Um, In terms of like who would be available, I I don't know. Do do, do you want to go through that? This week, or you want to save it for the uh, the preview? We that's a good point. We we can save it for the preview. Okay, because we'll 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 actually we'll we'll see. Uh, There'll probably be some updates too. Well, we'll see if there are any updates. Yeah. Uh, rest of the Big Twelve. Looking at the bowl season, uh, the Gasparilla, the Un- Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, Friday the twenty second, UCF versus Georgia Tech. On the twenty sixth, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Kansas versus UNLV. The 27th Duke's Mayo Bowl, West Virginia versus North Carolina. This is the Brown Bowl. Yeah, Neil Brown. Why am I blanking on his name? Mac Brown. Mac Brown, because it's not a name. Um, <laughs> did they used to play? Like, it, it, is, there, is there like a long history of West Virginia and North Carolina? I just don't know about what would that have been big east yeah possibly let me let me look at winsipedia that's what i'm pulling up right now how did you know man close this ad west virginia north 
West West by God. They've played twice, twice. Spencer. Largest oh margin of victory. They're oh for 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 the the Mountaineers. They won thirty one to thirty, and the North Carolina won twenty to thirteen. Yeah. So they played the thirty one to thirty game was in two thousand eight. And then the first game was in 97. So this will be, this will be the tiebreaker game. You would think to finally see who takes a lead in this, in this storied series. You would think two power five programs that geographically close would have played more in their history than just twice. Anyways. Yeah, you do. Duke's Mayo Bowl, West Virginia, North Carolina, Tax Act, Texas Bowl, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M. It would have been funny if there were two Texas teams in that. Um, who's going to want that? Who's going to want that game more, Michael? The pop going to want to watch that game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Pop tarts bowl, uh, Kansas state, NC state. I think I saw like Kansas state's already like a, like a fairly significant favorite in that game, like a touchdown plus Valero Alamo bowl couple of states that weren't involved in the Alamo whatsoever, Oklahoma and Arizona. <laughs> Those states didn't exist. Did not. Uh, Oklahoma was, were they, were they part of the, the original land of Texas? Part of it was. Part of it was. I know Arizona wasn't. When it was a territory, I think. Also, the panhandle of Oklahoma, like how, how, how pointless is that? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the history or what, who actually resides out there, and if it was some kind of, uh, it has to do with like reservations or whatever. But like, could that not have just been Texas? I almost wonder if it was just a like a survey error. Yeah, possibly that they discovered later. Oops, we forgot about this sliver. I uh, give it to Oklahoma. I don't know. Well, just okay. So also up in that area of like weird bo- uh, borders and boundaries, like the Texas New Mexico border up there doesn't align like there, there there's something weird with, with that border too um, there's also something weird south of lubbock where once you get towards la misa tohoka that area all of the section corners instead of being true north and south they're cockeyed like 15 or 20 degrees because whoever surveyed this gigantic part of texas did not have true north and it just kept going. And then eventually they kind of merged together and someone went, Oh, whoops, but we can't change it. It's too, it's too late. <laughs> it's too expensive. Yeah. Okay. So it's the Northeastern, uh, corner of New Mexico. So the, the part of the state border that extends past the Northern past the Northern tip of the Texas panhandle is not in line with the Texas panhandle. It's actually a little oh. further East. I even remember there being some controversy not too long ago. My mom went to school in Bledsoe, which is very close to the border of New Mexico. And there was some controversy a while back that, well, Bledsoe might actually be in New Mexico. We're not sure. And then I don't know if it was ever resolved or if anyone really went back into it. The school's been closed down for decades now, but. It was a, it's still a community out there. I'm sure nobody in either of these states would go for it, but like, let, let's just clean this up for, for the, the, <laughs> the, 
the sake of having Spencer a, a like clean, straight lines, clean map here. Let's go ahead and re- redraw that Texas New Mexico border. Go ahead and annex the Oklahoma Panhandle and the Texas Panhandle. <laughs> let's just just let's clean this up a little bit because that that little intersection up there is a mess. Your OCD is just your yes. geography class just because you can't in a just cold sweat. You just can't pull out your your uh, your straight edge and draw a straight line there, man. You got to like get a little zigzag. <laughs> Talk way too long about this because the Alamo Bowl. Um, AutoZone Liberty Bowl, never, Iowa never State, Iowa State, Memphis, Sugar yeah. Bowl. Yeah. How about, you know, isn't that kind of a bummer to not even travel for a bowl game? Yeah. Oh, we get to play in the the, the crappy Liberty Bowl. <laughs> Great. I guess I get to sleep in my own bed. I mean, that's good. I don't know. I- wouldn't you want to travel? It's a bowl game. Wouldn't you want to go? Somewhere? I know. Yeah, I I do. I I think so. I've I've just it's just got to be disappointing. And then the All-State Sugar Bowl, part of the college football playoff semifinal, Texas versus Washington. Were you were you surprised or up in arms when the the rankings came out? 1 through 4? A little, yes. I Especially once it, 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 the reasoning, once the reasoning started coming out, they, they were even getting into detail about how they weren't impressed with Florida State's offense against Louisville on certain drives. Um, and, and also discounting the fact that the personnel playing against Louisville on the f- 2nd of December might be slightly different the first week of January. So I, I I was pretty flummoxed by it. I I'm not super shocked by it, but for a Florida State team to just get bounced out because they're on their third string quarterback, that's mm-hmm. basically it. That's basically the end. That's the story. Oh well, uh, you don't have all. Uh, you're not healthy enough. This is this should kind of outrage Tech fans because how many gosh darn years have we been to our third string quarterback? And if tech had somehow pulled off something crazy and we're rolling into the big 12 championship game with their third string quarterback. And then some committee members decided that Ole Miss had a better win and a higher quality law. I, I don't know. It was, I thought it was pretty, pretty wild to me, I, but I was not surprised at all one bit you could kind of see it you could kind of feel the tide shifting that direction speaking of tide you want to talk about them for <laughs> a second uh it wasn't even an intentional i wish it was um is this just more confirmation that they hold such a bias like alabama jumped what four spots because they beat georgia and georgia falls completely out of the rankings yeah. Like I Georgia Georgia doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. That was funny to me too. But I, I I'm I'm pretty sure like the the roles were reversed not even that long ago where Alabama was one, lost in the title game, but still was ranked in the top four. Georgia though, nah, you guys suck. You lost Alabama. Yeah. You don't deserve to be oh, there. Terrible. And they 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 had that 
what was it, like a 23, 24 game win streak broken by that the, the title game loss. Like you want to talk about a, a team that maybe had deserved to be there in their history. Like it's Georgia. It's not Alabama. Well, and everyone's, I mean, you saw it on Twitter a lot, but the fourth and 31 that Bama, it was that exciting prayer that Bama needed to convert to beat Auburn. But again, like five yeah, or yeah. six win Auburn. If you're going to go by a drive by drive, like if you're going to do drive analysis to, <laughs> yeah, to justify why Florida State shouldn't be in, like, let let's 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 take a look at like how Alabama got into the title game. They needed a fourth and thirty one conversion with like thirty seconds to go to beat Auburn. It's not great this year. Yeah, at I, home, I think it's. I, I would be more up in arms about it if they were not changing to the 12 team format because this would absolutely be the big 12 winner. If it, if it wasn't Texas or possibly OU, you know, if it was 12 and one Cincinnati boot, you would be lucky to see six or seven. If it's 12, one Kansas state, I love Kansas state. <laughs> Bye. No. Yeah. You, you would, you would be outside looking in. Yeah. Conference champ, one loss to, let's say they lost to Texas Tech, but then they beat everybody else, won the championship game. But then, yeah, but Michigan was really good and Ohio State was good. And, oh, this was a good Notre Dame year. Got to put them in. So I, I didn't really get upset. I feel like it was the best realistic scenario because – Deep down, you just knew that there was no way an SEC team was going to get left out. But at least it wasn't two, because that was really what I thought we might be heading towards. Some way to get Washington to number five, or even Texas to number five, which would have been earth shattering. But I don't think that would have been um, without reason. They could have made a case for it. They made a case for this. Yeah. So it it did it did rub me the wrong way, but I'm only slightly hopeful because if Texas Tech ever finds themselves twelve and one, they'll at least make the twelve team playoff. Even if <laughs> even, even if everyone yes, even if everyone wants to take a gigantic dump on big 12 strengths of schedule or whatever. Um, Hopefully we won't be like Liberty or SMU or something. Speaking of, I, I, I sorry, I, I lost the phrase you said that I was going to connect back to speaking of, let's look at the, the playoff uh, matchups real quick, Michael. Uh, and let me get your thoughts on who you think will play for the title game. You've got Michigan, Alabama, and Washington, Texas. Let's do the Washington, Texas game first. Having watched very little Washington football, and maybe this is just recency bias, it feels like Texas is just going to curb stomp them. <laughs> Texas is good, guys. Uh, they're good defensively. They're good offensively. They're balanced. Sark is doing a good job of keeping that balance in his play calling. Ewers seems to be hitting his stride. Yeah, I haven't watched. Uh, I know Penix is really 
a great player and in the Heisman discussion, they beat Oregon twice. Mm-hmm. That's we've seen firsthand how hard that can be. So I, I think it's, I think it's Texas's game to lose, but I don't see it being as much of a blowout as you indicated. I, I do think it would be closer. Texas is a four point favorite. Uh, and look at this post from SI Sports Illustrated. They um they ran these simulations between these 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 four teams twenty thousand times. And they've got Texas winning this game, something like fourteen thousand of them. So it's a pretty significant two to one advantage there. Why didn't they just um, Why didn't they just run them twenty? No, like why 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 twenty thousand? Why do we need that kind of accuracy on the data point? Just just do it twenty times. Five, one. It's five even. Anyways, um. So I, yeah, I I I think Texas is going to win this one. I think it, like they've got a, a fairly significant advantage, at least in my mind. Having like I said, watch no Washington football. I don't know where their strength would lie. Um, Michigan Alabama. It's a it's a rematch from a game a few years ago. Um, like th- there's so much weirdness around this game, Michael. Like I don't even I don't even know how to feel about it. Like Michigan is Harbaugh going to be with the team? Like where where where's all that going to be? Um, I, I should they even be in? Should they even be eligible? Yeah, like all that. The fact weirdness. that they're that they're eligible and number one. And that's kind of a farce of its own. Yeah. And is Alabama actually good? Are they deserving to be in this spot? Uh, are they going to beat Michigan? Um, what is it? What are the odds? It is. Michigan might be favored. Why is it nothing? Okay. Sorry. That, that page was nothing but Texas, Washington. Very helpful. That's what I live for. Do you think it's going to be like a Texas-Michigan title game? And if so, like, who gets the edge there? Texas is really good. Same. I hate to say it. I hate it. I hate it. I I mean, we've already got them picked going to the national championship. We might as well pick them to win it. No, 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 no. They're they're gonna they're gonna get a, a rematch with Alabama, and Alabama's gonna curb stomp them. There you go. Okay. All right. Let's 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 go. Let's let's take that narrative. There we go. I'm with you. Give me Alabama by uh, six. It's curb stomping Texas. Woo. Anyways, all right. Let's talk basketball, Michael. We okay. had a we had a game tonight. Do you want to start there? Let's start there. That's a that's a good that's a good place to start. Yeah. Texas Tech takes down. Omaha, Omaha, Omaha set, uh, 87 to 58. I did. We did talk about this earlier. You had a nine Oh run, uh, in their favor to close out the game. So while you finished 29 points, you were at 38 points when that run kicked off. Um, and the point points ended up so very close to the Haslametric preview prediction (laughs) Uh, he had the game being 81 to 60 and you finished up 87 to 58. Um, 
he called in that 9-0 run. He did. To help out his metrics. Kerwin Walton, man. Uh, he, yeah. He, he wasn't eight for, for 10 or whatever it was that McMillan was. Um, but my goodness, he came to shoot, finished the game with 22 points on six of seven from three, eight of nine from the field, uh, led all scorers in the game. Yeah. Led all scores with 22. Your starting five pop Isaacs, Darren Williams, Joe Toussaint, Warren Washington and Devin Cambridge. Only two of those guys ended up in double figures pop with 13 and Toussaint with 18. And I feel like Toussaint's 18 were actually quite a bit early in the game. Um, then you had a fairly balanced look from the rest of your guys. Uh, you actually got to see Kyron Lindsay out there on the floor tonight. He, he scored a bucket. Uh, sorry, a couple of free throws. Um, the plus minuses, man, they're wild. Warren Washington plus 35. Like you love to see that. Like you just, one, he played 22 minutes. Uh, so it'd be plus 35 in 22 minutes and something else. Um, yeah. And does, with only four points, he still yeah. was that, that effective 12 rebounds. Um, only two fouls, one turnover, one block. Um, it did, it does seem like probably, uh, a product of, of the opponent you're, you're playing tonight, but, seems to be playing a lot stronger, a lot bigger uh, than you've seen him play recently. Uh, I, my, my complaint with him has been like, he's a seven footer. He's getting shots blocked. He's, he's, he's not coming down with rebounds over a guy that he's got six inches on. Um, didn't seem like that was, that was the case tonight. Um, so that was good. Omaha coming into the game, we'd heard that they were going to be super aggressive. Uh, they like to get into the, into the lane force the, the matter there get some, some free throws and they didn't give up a lot of threes. Um, but on the night you shot 50% from Nope. Sorry. You, you were 11 of 28. You were uh, 50% from the field, but just under 40% from three, uh, 11 of 28. Again, that, that very heavily skewed because of Kerr and Walton going six of seven. Uh, but if you can find these guys, uh, on your roster that can go off in any night uh, and, and hit threes, man, that's certainly a thing to be excited about, enthusiastic about. Curran Walton, we we thought this was his type of potential last season. Uh, so maybe having this this type of game will open up his um, his minutes some more. You'll see him on the floor a little bit more. But it was good to see. It was fun for a game where you didn't have to, this wasn't a game that was in, in question. Uh, not that last week's game against Butler was not fun. It was a very entertaining game. It was, uh, but you lost giving up a hundred points. Uh, and there were, there were no good things to be said about the defense from, from head coach McCaslin. He said, when you give a hundred points, like what, what do you, what do you expect? That you suck basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, you did take overtime. Um, but they were a very talented and a, effective offensive team. Uh, lose 103 to 95. Um, you did come back. You had uh, fairly significant deficits you were o- able to overcome. I think at one point you, had, you were down by 10 or maybe even 12 um, that you were able to come yeah, back e- from. Even in the second half, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Chance McMillan is where he went eight for 10 from threes, eight for 15 up from the field. So his seven field goals um, that were not beyond the arc were all misses. He finished night 24 points, led all of your Red Raiders in scoring. Um, and granted, when you go into overtime, you kind of expect this, but uh, also when you score almost 100 points, you had five guys in double figures led by Chance McMillan, 94. Joe Toussaint, Pop Isaacs had 18 apiece. Devin Cambridge had 16. Warren Washington had 10, uh, but did not have a double-double. Only had six rebounds, two steals, and a block. Um, entertaining game. Um, you did hear from from coach that uh, potentially the atmosphere played a role in it. Um, one, it's good that you get this kind of this environment, this experience, this part of the season. This is why you schedule these type of games, um, and you 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 play these all like play these games on the road. Um, McCaslin said like that most certainly had an effect on how the team played, especially early on. Uh, and on defense, um, he said they were uncharacteristic mistakes uh, and, and lapses and in, 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 in effort and judgment sometimes. But you, you deal with that, you learn from it, you grow, you move on, um, you bounce back like you did tonight. And um, said you just hope to be a, a better team, right? So you're six and two now on the season. Um, your next game will be next Tuesday. We will hit record on our podcast shortly after second half tip or that it starts. There's no tip at the half, but as second half is kicking off, kicking off. <laughs> You'll get it there. You'll too get it many, eventually. Doing different sports metaphors and uh, after this, after the second half stretch. Yeah. As, as, as halftime's coming to an end, we will be hitting record <laughs> and going, going live oral Roberts, oral Bob, uh, December 12th, 8 PM. Um, here in Lubbock, get your tickets today. Yeah. And I, I think I th- without being able to, I, I had a bunch of family stuff going on tonight. So without being able to actually watch the Omaha game, but I was able to watch the Butler game. McCaslin was right. The defense was pretty rough. Nobody was rotating. There were a lot of really open passes inside to the basket uh, for some really give me shots for Butler. Uh, But, you know, the three-point shooting, as good as McMillan was going eight for 10, that's not something that's going to be a reliable game plan. So I I felt that that Tech... I I know. You're right. You're right. It's it's because that's where I'm going. You know, I felt that Tech was fortunate to have had such a hot player coming off the bench in 36 minutes off the bench and, and... you know, have that kind of production from the arc, but his, his three point shooting alone, you know, they, they shot 50% as a team last night or against Butler. So Tex three point shooting on the year after the Butler game went from 27.4% to 30.8. And then if I did my math, right. After tonight's 39% outing, mostly because of a uh, Cohen Walton, it went up another percentage point to 31.8. So, so in two in games, two games yeah, four and a half percent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, that's huge. And and that was something that really worried me at first. And 
I think I'm on record on this podcast saying, you know, they'll, they'll start going in. It's going to get better. It has. I don't think this is sustainable necessarily, especially when it's just one player that happens to be on fire. And then, you know, you've got Isaacs who's been kind of out. I think he was one for eight tonight. He hasn't been super productive from the arc this season yet. There's still a lot left, but that seems to be a big part of this offense. And, you know, something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on for sure to hopefully just continue to improve as it has been, get closer to that 35, I mean, wonderful 35 to 40% range and, and uh, be able to win some games that way. But, and, and to echo what you were saying with Washington down low, I've, I've loved being able to see what they're doing with him offensively, getting lobs to him. I love the return of lobs, using his athleticism, his size. He is playing bigger, like you said, which is what you hope to see from a seven-footer. And uh, I, I do think I've seen a change in in how he's played, especially at Butler. But, uh, you know, just a, a lot of guys that, that are easy to root for um, and a team that still has a, a long way to go to be a real contender in the conference, but they could get there. I, I'm just, I'm in, I'm enjoying the ride right now as I, I'm so even keel that I really enjoyed an overtime loss last week because I was just, I, I was just blown away every time McMillan threw one up there and it just, he just kept draining them, kept draining mm-hmm. them. Washington was playing great. Uh, Toussaint was just all over the place. Uh, just a, a really solid game, except for the defensive, not effort, just defensive execution. Yeah. And just uh the the ability to to get the, the game that close um and then just kind of run out of gas, ironically, in overtime. But that was really one of the most enjoyable losses I've watched in a while. It's strange. There was like I said, it was a lot of fun. I think I'm in a good I'm in a good mental spot, Spencer. <laughs> Um, well, we've had time to, to, to recover from that one, but speaking <laughs> of, uh, not running out of gas, the lady Raiders, man, yes. 10 and O on this season so far, receiving votes in the AP poll. Uh, obviously they're undefeated, picked up another three wins since we last recorded. UC Irvine, Houston, Christian, Sam Houston, Sam Houston was last night, 93 to 60. Um, Next up will be next Wednesday, Education Day. So lots of students from area schools will be able to go check out the Lady Raiders. Eleven thirty a.m. tip. Yeah, and if you're if you're listening to that on the radio, it's going to be hard on your ears. It's going to be really loud. Lots of screaming children that are very excited to watch some basketball, which is great, but the first time I listened to one of those was last season and I just couldn't believe it. Cause I, I think I, I heard Chris Hines talking about it on double T that morning and just kind of mentioned it. You know, he was, he was nice about it, about, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot louder game. There's a lot more excitement going on with, with all the kids there. And then I listened to it and I thought, Oh my God, <laughs> this is, this is a decibel level, not just decibel, but a pitch. This is a frequency level of, I mean, if you have any small dogs or large dogs around, you may want to keep the volume low because they, they may try to eat the radio. Yeah. But it's going to be fun. So, you know, 
If you're at work, throw it on. Put it on the radio. Support the Lady Raiders. They're kicking tail. Even we went to the Houston Christian game, and that was last Friday night. 79-34. Yeah, yeah. And it started out really slow, both Houston Christian and Sam Houston. Uh, you know, Tech was didn't take the lead for – I don't know, maybe halfway through the first quarter, maybe even later against uh, Sam Houston, but then just never looked back. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to share that my little one has been to just a handful of Lady Raider games and she's gotten on the screen the last two that she's been to. Nice. And she got cookies last time, those Tiff's treats, they came and found her and, and, the cheerleader gave her some cookies and they tried to get a shirt to her. I think I told you about that, but I whiffed on the throw because it was just mm. had too much mustard on it. I couldn't catch it. That's unfortunate. So, so yeah, she's just a, she's just a, at that perfect age where, ah, she needs to be, she needs some cookies. Oh, she needs this. And I'm the proud dad thinking, yes, I will at least get one of these six cookies because I know because no one in my family likes oatmeal raisin, but me. So I, <laughs> least, I do too. Ah, it's, it's, you know, they, they're almost thankful for me to eat it. And I'm, I'm thinking guys, no, this is thank you. this whole box. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if there's a snickerdoodle in here, then okay. We might, I, I might take that over the oatmeal raisin, but unless there's like macadamia white chocolate chip or snickerdoodle oatmeal raisins, that's it. Chocolate chips. Most all chocolate chip cookies taste the same. They just all are the same. It's fine. They're fine. Until oatmeal you, raisin, man. Until you get into mm. like specialty cookies that are meant to be like something else. Like um, I'm thinking like crumble specifically when they do like their like red velvet or their um, like cinnamon roll type of, of cookie. Yeah. Like for me, like if you exclude those specialty types, it's going to be chocolate chip and then oatmeal raisin. That's pretty solid. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, back to Lady Raiders. So they play the 13th versus Incarnate Word. That's the Education Day game, like you mentioned. That's 1130. And then they're going to Hawaii, man. Yes. Love that. The next week, the 19th and 20th, Tulsa and Oregon State in the Maui yeah. Classic. Some really good games there. And then they get the Christmas holiday off, and we back um, the kickoff conference play. December 30th in Houston. You want to keep up with all of their actions because we don't have the bandwidth to even follow this many teams. Y'all should check out Seeing Scarlet, our friends, Sibby, and always blank on one of their names. Shelby. Shelby. Sorry. Sorry, ladies. Um, Check them out anywhere you get your podcast. They are also wonderful friends and members of the stake in the plains content network. They do excellent work. They recently celebrating a one year birthday or anniversary, whatever you want to call it for their account. And they are, and they've got the, the attention of coach Gerlich. Yes, absolutely. And different sport, but they had the volleyball coach on today who I'm, I'm blanking on his name and I've been wanting to listen to that because there's been a lot of scuttlebutt of 
the amount of players from the volleyball team entering the portal? And is there something going on? Is there something that needs to be addressed? And so uh, they were able to interview him today and uh, hopefully get some of those answers. And I am sorry, ladies, my day at work did not allow me to listen to that yet. So, yeah, to just echo what you're saying. Tony they Grayson. Are, uh, they are a force. Seeing Scarlet is your go-to for anything uh, women's athletics at Texas Tech. And, I mean, I think they talk about men's athletics too, but it's definitely not not as much of a focus or a magnifying lens that they uh, – for, for their podcast. I think it's interesting enough that two coaches on the women's teams are so similarly named. So you've got Tony Greystone, the volleyball coach, and Tom Stone. That is exactly why I didn't say it because I knew I was going to word salad those two together and screw it up. So I just went the very unprofessional route of the Texas tech volleyball coach. They even kind of favor each other a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they do. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Mike, we've already talked a lot about cookies and food, but let's wrap this up with what we learned. What do you say? I, I think we should. What do we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. I'm excited to hear what you have. Cause you got a, uh, surefire ribs written down here yeah peaked in my interest i teased this last week Uh, a few weeks ago i made the the easiest best st louis spare ribs i've ever made and i wanted to share my method for those of you and it's it's funny because when i made them i was just going to go with the the method that probably everyone has seen the three two one method yeah on and you've got the smoker at like a lower setting 225 250 and you basically just season it however you want for three hours then you wrap it for two then you open it back up for the last hour and you glaze it or put sauce on or whatever and so i went back through my notes and i realized that i had actually attended an evie mays class and I have been so focused on the brisket portion of that class, I forgot that they talked about ribs for a good while and I took some good notes. So I kind of took their times and their methods and tweaked them slightly. And I selfishly tweaked them just to time out better for when I was ready to eat. <laughs> but it worked. So here's here's basically what I did. I'm taking notes. Very, very simple. Whatever rub you want. Um. I slathered yellow mustard all over the ribs mm-hmm. as a binder. And then I used uh Perini's ranch. We went to Perini's for my birthday. I bought some rib rub and I, I put that on there. Where, where is I, that? It's in Buffalo gap, uh, South of Abilene. Okay. So it's a, it's a steakhouse and they have all sorts of really great rubs. Their steak rub is excellent too. It's unlike any other rub I've had. So uh, I had a good, some good ribs there during our last visit. And I thought, well, I need this rib rub. And I finally, this first time I've gotten to try it. 
The only thing I did wrong on this Spencer was I did not use enough rub. I was kind of nervous about it. I thought, I thought it might be too spicy and our little one likes ribs. And so I was kind of, I was cautious, but I was overly cautious. I should have seasoned them more. So yellow mustard, your favorite rib seasoning temperature, 275. Okay. On the smoker, just throw them on the smoker for two and a half hours. And then wrap them in foil. And when I wrapped them in foil, I did nothing. I didn't add liquid. I didn't do anything except put the meat side down. Wrapped them in foil for an hour and a half. And then I unwrapped them and I sauced them. I had a sauce. And that's something I would have changed too. I, I prefer a glaze, but I didn't have a glaze. So I used a sauce I had and I sauced them for 30 minutes. I just put sauce on them and left them on there for 30 minutes. And I took them off. I never took a temperature. I never did anything. So, you know, total cook time was like four and a half hours. It was awesome. So it it developed, it developed like a bark, like a crust. uh, But everything was still really tender and yeah, you know, fall off the meat somewhat, which is what, people like we're not running a competition from my house man they were the method was perfect we actually made rib last night as well uh and i because we both took advantage of the sale recently yeah i had um ours are still in the freezer yeah so i I only use one rack so i'm I'm gonna go back and attempt this method um because I I had watched a video on why the three two one method was kind of on its way out. Uh, it makes sense, like it's it's it was simplified for people that didn't want to weren't want to fuss with anything. They just want to do it, make it have it simple, easy, easy peasy. But what you tended to get was a lot of overcooked ribs. And I remember the first few times I I cooked it, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the way they came out. Um. Last night, man, it was like pulled pork with rib bones in there. Ah, like they yeah. were so overdone. Um, and it was three hours at two fifty, I believe. Um, and then you know braised in the foil with a little bit of butter and um, rib candy for two hours. Uh, rib candy—that's what I want for Christmas. I've asked Santa for that. Rib, uh, meat side down and then, um, flip it over for the last hour with a sauce. It, I, I didn't put it on for an hour. It was on for 40 minutes, maybe. Um, the problem was I took them inside. I loosely tinted them to let them rest a little bit because when they came off the smoke, it was like four before four thirty in the afternoon. Like it's too soon. It's, it's not time, time for dinner. Also a benefit of working from home. I can do barbecue in the middle of the week and have it at a decent oh, man. time. Um, fair. Well, I mean, you could just have your wife learn the ways <laughs> or you could, uh, I, I, I had to, I had to coach Samantha through cause we, we had ribs one day and I was like, was not going to be available to do like the, like I basically put them on and then she did everything else. I had to mm-hmm. like, I left very extensive notes and then she called me and I talked her through it. Um, 
whether or not she wants to ever do that again, I don't know. I doubt it. But um, anyways, so the ribs, they rested. I, I, I took them up. And then what I, I like to do, because I can see them better, is I'll flip the rack over and cut them that yeah. way and flip them back. The problem is they were so overdone. When I went to flip them back, I basically only, like the sauce stuck to the, cu- the cutting board and the meat stuck with it. Oh no. So like I went to flip it. I just like, it just shredded the entire rack. I was like, well, <laughs> I hear ribs, but it's not like you can pick up a bone, and eat off the bone. There were very few of those. So one, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh meat. Oh, sorry. What is it? Uh, meat church, mad scientist barbecue. And he was talking oh. about how you need to reduce your cooking time because yeah, there are people that like the fall off the bone type of tender ribs, but there's also got to be some kind of integrity to it. Like you can pick it up and the meat stays on the bone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did not have that last night in this rack of ribs. And I haven't had that in the past few racks. So I'm like, I'm, I'm greatly overcooking these things and they're great. They're not dried out or tough or anything, but they're just, they're just overdone. They're not what you're, there's not what you envision when you sit down. No, I want to like, pick up, I want to hold bone from both ends and gnaw on it like an ear of corn. <laughs> and what I'm getting is I'll pick it up and like, if the meat stays on, it'll like drape off of it. Like it'll stick to yeah. one side, like a, like you tried to pull off the meat on a drumstick or something. Well, this is, I, I did another method once. It was the one, one, one method. Uh, quick. Which, but it was like 300 degrees. So be, be, I did that on my Weber kettle, which is really small. So you can really only do one rack. Mm-hmm. And I did have super great success with that. And it was a, it was like a rub. It was a very specific rub that I did and I sprayed it with pickle juice. It was a ranch, like ranch dressing rub. I think I might've talked about this before. It's like Chef Michael Simon I'm talked about it. <laughs> oh, it was great. I'll, I'll send you that too. And the, the method I thought was really good too. And I tried the method on something on a, you know, just a regular rub later and it didn't turn out as well. And you know, the Weber's kind of harder to maintain a correct temp and load the fuel properly once you've got stuff on there for three hours. But man, uh, this is the first time I've used the smoker at something above two fifty to make ribs. And that was what Evie Mays did. You know, they, they have theirs at 275. The texture of their ribs is what I like. And I thought, well, I'll just kind of tweak what they did. And I actually cooked it less than they did, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so four and a half hours total. Yeah. And I, I, the 275, I mean, I just think they looked like I wanted them to look. They had that kind of redness, a little bit of char. Um, but yeah, I mean, probably could even take them out of the foil sooner and I don't think it would hurt anything. Yeah. But yeah, the rib candy, if I, I had, um, what did I have? Had, there's this brand called Marks at HEB. It's one of their in-store brands, I think. And I really like, they have like this Texas pepper. I forgot what it was, but. It's just like a black pepper barbecue sauce. And I really liked it for 
when I've made beef or something like that's what I've served on the side of my brisket. And it's kind of gets that anyway, I thought, well, let me see what they have for ribs. And they had a chicken and ribs barbecue sauce and it was fine. I mean, it was okay. That was what I use, but that was just cause that's where we were going that day. If I'd had the time to go out to outdoor chef or something, I absolutely would have gotten some of that apple rib candy or peach or we did a uh, mango. Uh, that, yeah. That glaze is the way to go. That is, we, we all, or my wife and I both missed that glaze, but it just wasn't in the cards that day, but they still turned out really well. Yeah. And that's only, I only put that on, on the ribs when it's in the foil. I don't use it again when I unwrap it. I, oh, I, 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 I used, only uh, do it when I unwrap it. Oh, maybe that's where I'm messing yeah. up. Well, because in, in, in your method, you don't have anything in the foil, so. Yeah, in that one, nothing. Not at all. I was just like, I'm just going to throw it in there. I didn't add more rub. Because usually I add I, all sorts of stuff, Some kind of whatever I feel like. Sometimes it's apple juice. Sometimes it's apple juice and rub. Um, what else have I done? Th- there was like this butter, this like fake basting butter that was like a bottle of butter substitute. I've put that in the foil before. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Uh, you know, the, the glaze, if I'm going to use a glaze, I'll put that, you know, I've just kind of some sort of liquid. I've always, I've always felt like it needed some liquid, but man, I didn't do it this time. And when I opened it, it was just full of liquid. Like so much had come off of the ribs themselves. So uh, I don't know. Might give it a shot. Yeah. So Texas pepper jelly is the brand. They make rib candy which is the rib sauce glaze. I, I've, I steer clear of the spicy cause my, my family won't eat spicy. Um, and a lot of their, a lot of theirs have a spice component to it. Like there's a apple cherry habanero. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Apple cranberry habanero, apple habanero, Apple brown sugar habanero, um, uh, black cherry and grape habanero. That sounds pretty good. But what? Oh, peachy peach habanero. Um. Anyway, they've got lots of great things. I, I'm pretty sure you can probably find all these at Outdoor Kitchen. What we've done is we've we've done apple cherry. I did that in apple cinnamon. I had just a little bit of apple cinnamon left. Actually, mix it in with the apple cherry. Um, great stuff. Outdoor chef, if you'd like to become a sponsor, let us know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. We can make this happen. Texas We're pepper very, jelly. Yeah, we, uh, we um, and by sponsor, I mean. Hook us up with some rib candy. <laughs> yeah, give us a $5 gift card. <laughs> We're not asking for much. No, no, we need, we need three $5 um, gift cards, one for each of us, and we, we give one away. And, and, you know, maybe some of that... Oh, what is that? That charcoal, like devil. Oh man, I swear by that stuff now. Jealous Devil. That is a great brand of charcoal, and they sell it out there at Outdoor Chef. Not a sponsor yet. I've uh, I've had some some issues with my charcoal lately, and I I can't mm. remember which brand I like. I've done B and B. I've done Royal Oak. Um. I, I like is B and B is is that at uh, Academy? Uh, it's usually in like a grocery store. 
Yes, I've had some I've had some good luck with B and B. I was I've been pleasantly surprised with it because I think I bought a bag at Academy a while back. It just kind of like oh, I need some, and I'm here. And I really liked it, and I, I bought another bag of a different type. And I think I've even had their competition oak briquettes. But anyway, sorry. What are you having? Trouble well, like I, I I use one of those chimneys to start everything, um, mm-hmm. and like it just one. It says, oh, they'll be ready like in, in 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, like the top few inches of, of charcoal is not even warm. It's like, what's going on? Oh, it, it, it went out. How did this uh, go out with a fire starter in, in the chimney? Um, and so like I, I, I got it going. I use a propane torch to to, subs, uh, to to supplement one of the... Actually, I ended up using three total of those fire starters, one in the chimney, dumped it out, Realized the, the charcoal had, had unlit, <laughs> put two more what in kind there. Of, what kind of starters? What do you mean starters? Like the, the paraffin wax cubes? Uh, it's not wax. They're, um, what are they called? They're tumbleweeds. They're, um, it's a, it's a product to roll thinly shaved wood coated in wax in like mm. a little two inch log shape i will just put that in the chimney put charcoal on it and then light it from the bottom um, i use these uh these weber paraffin cubes and and they have been fantastic i always like to i'm probably don't have to light to but i don't think i've ever had them go out even on a like a windy day and, and they can be found just about anywhere so it's gosh the link i sent you is awful hang on the one I get, it's a branded Royal Oak, which I, maybe it's a Walmart brand. But anyways, I, I just have some issues with that lighting and staying lit. Um, has me sticking away from the Weber. Oh, I see the tumbleweed things. Yeah. I've never seen those before. Anywho's. I think that'll do it for us, though. Michael, what do you say? <laughs> yeah, I think we can call it on that. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in on the live stream, interacting with us after the show on Twitter. Give us a follow at 23 Personnel, at Puntsuck, at Michael underscore LBK. We'll be back next week for the bowl game preview. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast help us out by subscribing rating the show and leaving a review follow us on twitter at 23 personnel spencer at punt suck and michael at michael underscore lbk be sure to catch the next episode and until then guns up and let the tortillas fly Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.